millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Senate hearing of World Soccer Talk Radio. Nate Abarea, please take the stand. You swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. I do, Your Honor. I swear. Welcome into World Soccer Talk Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. I knew nothing. I know nothing. I knew nothing. I know nothing. I knew nothing. I do nothing. I say nothing. I know nothing. Welcome into the show. Big, big things going on in Washington today relating to the United States Soccer Federation. We're going to have a very interesting show today. We're going to open up real quickly talking about this U.S. Senate hearing weighing in on FIFA corruption and what the United States really knew and how everyone's acting like, oh, we had no idea Chuck Blazer really even existed. We had no idea he was doing any of this stuff. No, no, absolutely no idea. This whole show is actually going to be dedicated to Turkish soccer. I love the international flavor that we get to have on this show. And one of our good friends, Ada Dizdar, is going to be joining us here on World Soccer Talk Radio, talking about Robin Van Persie going to Fenerbahce, talking about Istanbul derbies, and so much more relating to the Turkish national team and Turkish football. But before we head to our first break, we got to head to Washington, D.C., where Sunil Gulati is not present. We talked about this yesterday with Carter Krishnire. Sunil Gulati not anywhere in sight. He's not attending this hearing and and this this big Capitol Hill discussion on FIFA corruption and the United States' role in all of it. So United States Soccer Federation General Secretary Dan Flynn has basically been thrown under the bus or thrown to the dogs, however you want to put it, and it's like he's a, a White House press secretary, you know, during during the George W. Bush years in Washington, where I, I've never seen someone do a, a better slash worse job at saying nothing. Try not to squirm so much when you're being asked these questions, Dan Flynn. Whether you want to call him a patsy, a puppet, a big, fat, phony, I think it's unfair what's going on to Dan Flynn at this very moment. Sunil Galati knows why he's not there. He is dodging this thing. And I'll tell you what, right now on World Soccer Talk Radio, they all knew about what was going on with Blazer and Bladder. They all knew. Don't believe for a second that they didn't. 
Okay, we're leaving Washington, and we're heading to Turkey with Ada Dizdar on the other side of this break. It's World Soccer Talk Radio Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Are you sick and tired of paying more than 100 bucks a month for your TV bill? Well, if so, I've got the solution for you. It's called Fubo TV, and it's the best way to watch the greatest leagues from around the world. Fubo TV is a legal and affordable streaming service that delivers live and on-demand HD broadcasts of BN Sports, Goal TV, Benfica TV, and more. That means you can watch La Liga, Serie A, the Bundesliga, Ligue 1, Copa America, and more. With Fubo TV, the broadcast stream to your computer, smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Amazon Fire TV. Plus, Fubo TV works with Chromecast, so you can cast the games to your TV set. Best of all, Fubo TV is offering a two-week free trial, so you can watch as much soccer as you like. Go to fubo.tv slash radio and sign up today. And if you love what you see, a monthly subscription to Fubo TV is only $6.99 per month. So sign up at fubo.tv slash radio right now. F ubo.tv slash radio and start enjoying the best soccer from around the world at home, work, or on the go. Soccer fans, I have a question for you. Which is the only soccer network in the United States that shows games from Ajax, PSV, Colo Colo, Benfica, Zenit, and other teams? The answer is NGSN, a brand new online sports network that offers live and on-demand games from seven different leagues from around the world for free, no strings attached. With your free 90-day trial, you can watch as many league games from the following countries as you like. Holland, Portugal, Russia, Chile, Bolivia, Ecuador, and Venezuela. NGSN is the only place you can watch Eredivisie games Featuring star players such as Memphis Depay, Andres Guardado, Aaron Johansson, and many more. Plus all of the games from those leagues that are available on your Windows PC or Mac, and your Apple iPhone or Android device. Commentaries are offered in English or Spanish, plus the games are in HD. Now this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the United States. Try it, and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesoccertrial.com and sign up today for your free 90-day trial to NGSN. No credit card is required. You just sign up and go. Again, that's freesoccertrial.com. Cheers. Let's do some simple math. Say you get the Discover It card and you earn $100 in cash back. Now multiply it by two. What do you have? Well, $200 cash back. That's right. Now when you get the Discover It card, we'll automatically double all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Plus, you can redeem any amount, anytime, and your rewards never expire. You might say your love for Discover will double. Just some of the many ways we treat you like you'd treat you. Apply now at discover.com slash double. Exclusive offer for new card members. Limitations apply. Nate Avarea back here with you on World Soccer Talk Radio Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Tweet me at NateWST. Tweet us at World Soccer Talk. Get involved in the discussion in the Twitter sphere. Special hello to the men and women overseas listening on the American Forces Network. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Tune in and Stitcher and check out the website WorldSoccerTalk.com. Promised you a distinct Turkish flavor in this edition of World Soccer Talk Radio, the worldwide extravaganza that is this radio program. We head to Turkey and we bring in 
our, our favorite Turkish soccer expert, the man who I get all my Turkish football news from on Twitter and courtesy of the Turkish Football Weekly podcast, Mr. Atta Dizdar. Atta, how you doing, sir? I'm kind of embarrassed, actually, after that introduction. Thank you very much, though. I'm actually doing quite well. Thank you very much. Oh, I, I mean it all. I mean it all in, in complete seriousness. You are my outlet for Turkish football, and it's been very interesting with what's going on right now in regards to one RVP. That's right, Robin Van Persie going to Fenerbahce. And, and we, we've seen Turkish clubs over the last couple of seasons uh, really amp up the, the, the competition for marquee signings uh, on, on their end. This seems like a big one, and maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe I think this is bigger than it really is, so I'm going to throw it to you right now, Ada. Tell us how big of a deal is the Robin Van Persie transfer from Manchester United to Fenerbahce? I think it's a pretty big deal, to be honest with you. I mean, this guy's pretty much a world-class striker. I still remember the you know, that jumping header he had, the diving header he had back in the World Cup. And really, I didn't expect him to come to Fenerbahce for the price that he came for. I think it was around 4.7 million pounds, and if I do the currency exchange right, it's about 6.6 million euros. And that's actually cheaper that, uh, than Fenerbahce getting Souza from Sao Paulo. He cost 8 million euros. So a world-class striker, although I do have some questions about his age and some nagging injuries that he's had. And I've heard that he's also had some attitude issues uh, over the last year, or last season, rather. But uh, for Robin Van Persie to come to Turkey, it's a very big deal. The problem is, I would say, is his wages, because he's getting paid a pretty penny. Well, so uh, how, how do you think that's going to play out with, with his, his Fenerbahce teammates? Because we know he's most likely going to be the highest paid player on the team. And, and how does that work out for, for a club like Fenerbahce and his teammates and even the fans and, and the expectations that are going to be put on Robin Van Persie's shoulders? What do you make of, of that side of it? Well, I think fan expectations are going to be over the moon, and, well, he better start scoring and scoring quick because Fener fans are one of the more demanding fans in Turkey. Um, I know that his teammates are getting along with him fine. At least it looks like it. I know Fener Bacha had a friendly today against the Dinepro, who were the UEFA Europa League finalists. Uh, they lost one nothing to Dinepro. Although, uh, you have to admit, it is uh, one of the preseason friendlies, and as you know, I don't take any preseason friendly seriously. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think his teammates are probably going to welcome him there. Uh, he already has Nani there, so that's always a plus. And from what I've heard, you know, Dirk Cal put in a good recommendation uh, to RVP uh, to go to Turkey. So, uh, I think the expectations are high because this is a guy – who's really still a world-class striker, even though I personally don't like when clubs sign people over 30, but this guy probably still has some juice left in the tank. And let's remember something. Going from the EPL to the Turkish League is a pretty big step down. So I think he should be fine in Turkey, but my concern is the wages. And for those of you who are wondering what his wages are going to be, it's going to be 4.9 million euros a year. And that's not including the 20,000 match bonus, which is up to 40 matches. So he's going to be paid a pretty penny. 
Ada, what's going on with the Dutch connection in Istanbul? Because whether it's Dirk Kout, uh, the, the former Liverpool man uh, with Fenerbahce, whether it's Wesley Schneider and, and his time at Galatasaray, and now Robin Van Persie uh, to Fenerbahce as well. Talk, talk about this interesting, you know, clockwork orange, let's go to Istanbul story, because this is, this is I think, becoming a bit of a story, these Dutch greats going to Turkey. Yeah, it's actually quite interesting, and I would, you know, I would uh, say that, you know, there's a few other uh, Dutch players there. You know, Brian Donk is still at uh, Custom Prussia. He's also playing in Istanbul, so uh, that's that's one thing. And uh, there's a lot. I guess maybe people are just going there for the money because I would say to your listeners that Turkey has a rate of 15% when it comes to tax rates on football players, so that's quite attractive but it kind of makes me wonder like if if the tax rate is so low why aren't more players going to turkey you know there's still a lot of perception problems and perception equals reality but you know for a lot of dutch players they can go to turkey and they can easily have a good time playing football over in the country at least in istanbul now, Ada, as as an American and a, an observer of Major League Soccer, and someone who has had George Truly quite quite a few criticisms recently of Major League Soccer, and it's the league that I love uh, and and follow here here in the states, and I'm noticing a lot of parallels between some of the storylines in Turkey to what's going on in Major League Soccer, specifically in regards to the players that are coming to the league, and this Robin Van Persie one is, I think, the most interesting of all because we 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 hear ML. MLS get labeled as kind of this derogatory term all the time. Uh, oh, it's a retirement league. All these players are are over the hill, and that's why they're they're coming to America to to see out their retirement. Basically, there there have oh, been yeah, people that. that that are labeling a, a little bit uh, of that towards the Turkish league. But then this Robin Van Persie signing is it, it kind of throws a loophole into this thing. Where do you stand on that? And and again, I got to ask you with with you being on the pulse of of the fans in whether it's Istanbul or, or other smaller cities around Turkey, where do the fans in Turkey stand? And where do you stand as far as that terminology, retirement league, and, and buying players, playing, paying big money for players towards the ends of their careers? Well, I wouldn't consider Turkey retirement league. The actual joke is it's the last stop before you head to the Middle East before you really get a final paycheck. <laughs> and there are some people who would say that the Turkish League is a place where you can get your final paycheck and then maybe go off into MLS, maybe. But I would say a lot of Turkish fans would probably be offended by that. I personally think that, you know, the Turkish League is what it is. Like Major League Soccer, it is what it is. And while there are a lot of um, money being thrown around in order to acquire players, you know, i got to be honest with you, at least Major League Soccer, I haven't heard anything about them falling behind on payments. And I've heard a good amount of stories of Turkish clubs falling behind on payments to their players. Now, regardless of whether that's going to happen with Robin Van Persie, I doubt it. I mean, I know that Fenerbahce is pretty much uh, a team that has uh, some financial stability. But I believe that, uh, you know, fans would actually be quite offended if you say that it is a retirement league. Although for me personally, I wouldn't say it is a retirement league, but I can see where the perception comes from where, you know, players are only going to Turkey for the money. 
Well, this is, I think, and we, we actually got a minute before we got to head to break here, so we got to keep this uh, pretty brief here. But I, I mean, in terms of the fans, are, are Turkish fans more interested in the development of, of young Turkish players? Do they see a, a too much of a dependence uh, being developed on bringing in high-priced foreign talent? Or, as we saw at Galatasaray and Fenerbahce over the years, do they simply embrace these, these big foreigners coming in? They embrace the big foreigners coming in. I mean, trust me, I would like to see like youth players getting developed at these, you know, Istanbul Big Three clubs, but there's too much demand for trophies for that to happen. <laughs> Winning is the most important thing in football, rest assured. Ada Dizdar is our guest here in this edition of World Soccer Talk Radio. More with him on the other side of this break. We're talking a little Istanbul footballing history and talking about those incredible rivalries in Turkish soccer. That and more on the other side of the break. World Soccer Talk Radio. Stay with us. We're back after this. Soccer fans, I have a question for you. Which is the only soccer network in the United States that shows games from Ajax, PSV, Colo Colo, Benfica, Zenit, and other teams? The answer is NGSN, a brand new online sports network that offers live and on-demand games from seven different leagues from around the world for free, no strings attached. With your free 90-day trial, you can watch as many league games from the following countries as you like. Holland, Portugal, Russia, Chile, Bolivia, Ecuador, and Venezuela. NGSN is the only place you can watch Eredivisie games featuring star players such as Memphis Depay, Andres Guardado, Aaron Johansson, and many more. Plus all of the games from those leagues that are available on your Windows PC or Mac and your Apple iPhone or Android device. Commentaries are offered in English or Spanish, plus the games are in HD. Now, this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the United States. Try it, and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesoccertrial.com and sign up today for your free 90-day trial to NGSN. No credit card is required. You just sign up and go. Again, that's freesoccertrial.com. Cheers. Are you sick and tired of paying more than a hundred bucks a month for your TV bill? Well, if so, I've got the solution for you. It's called Fubo TV, and it's the best way to watch the greatest leagues from around the world. Fubo TV is a legal and affordable streaming service that delivers live and on-demand HD broadcasts of BN Sports, Goal TV, Benfica TV, and more. That means you can watch La Liga, Serie A, the Bundesliga, Ligue 1. Copa America, and more. With Fubo TV, the broadcast streamed to your computer, smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Amazon Fire TV. Plus, Fubo TV works with Chromecast, so you can cast the games to your TV set. Best of all, Fubo TV is offering a two-week free trial, so you can watch as much soccer as you like. Go to Fubo.tv slash radio and sign up today. And if you love what you see, a monthly subscription to Fubo TV is only $6.99 per month. So sign up at Fubo.tv slash radio right now. F ubo.tv slash radio and start enjoying the best soccer from around the world at home, work, or on the go. 
Are you tired of network announcers who are clearly pulling for the other team? Check out Rabble.tv, a new kind of television experience where you are in control of the audio. Rabble.tv allows users like you to broadcast your insights and opinions about sports and entertainment, free from the restraint of network predictability. Rabblers are creating a fresh new type of audio entertainment. Mute your TV and do your own play-by-play, provide running commentary, or just banter with your buddies. Or you can listen to other fans who love your team as much as you do. It's live. It's new. It's Rabble. Rebel.tv. Jade Abarea back here with you on World Soccer Talk Radio, talking Turkish soccer and uh, trying out for U.S. Soccer General Secretary. I plead the fifth. One, two, three, four. Fifth. That's all you need to know if you want to replace Dan Flynn. Just say nothing, squirm a little bit, and then continue to say nothing to absolute perfection. What a farce, that whole thing. My goodness. Okay, back to Turkey. Atta Dizdar is our guest in this edition of World Soccer Talk Radio. I've been looking forward to having you on the show for quite some time because when it comes to derbies in the soccer world, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of, of rivalries. And, I mean, who's not? Who doesn't love a, a good rivalry in, 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 the world, in the world of soccer? And some of the finest and ones that I've been so grateful for the education that I've received growing up about Turkish derbies. And I want to talk with you right now about the rivalries in Turkish soccer. And let's start in, in Istanbul. There, there's a few different matchups to choose from. And so let's start by asking you this. What is your favorite rivalry in Turkish soccer, Atta? A lot of people would tell you that the Fenerbahce Gold Stride Derby would be, like, everybody's favorite. But over the last few years, that's been pretty much down to, like, fights now. I mean, the only reason you really watch that is to see all the bust-ups between the players and such because the rivalry is so fierce. Personally, if you want it more for a footballing perspective, I would go with Fenerbahce and Besiktas. Those games are usually well-fought. Uh, of course, you're going to have your controversies and such with referee calls. Where don't you have controversies, of course? But those, um, those games certainly have much better quality football than the Fenerbahce games. And the Besiktas Gold Strike games also have pretty good quality to them as well. But when it comes down to Turkish football, everybody knows about the Fenerbahce Gold Strike Derby. Now, uh, talk about the relationship between the three big teams in in Istanbul. And and it's a very special one when you have three teams in a city like that. And, and we hear about all sorts of other cities across Europe that that are have customarily there's there's the two teams and and for Istanbul to have you know that that trifecta and there's you know many other uh, sides within the Istanbul area but specifically in regards to the three that you just just brought up how would you how would you uh, portray uh, the the relationship between those three sides within the city I would say they hate each other pretty much <laughs> especially Fener and Gala so they they pretty much hate each other uh, Besiktas, well, I would say that they, you know, they also hate the other clubs. You know, they're trying to be you know, rivals and such. And when it comes down to it, it's just the big three and everybody else. And if you don't mind me going on a tangent here, please, please do. That is that is what this show is for. You have the stage. Go ahead. <laughs> the Turkish sports media basically 
covers those three teams, and yet everybody else is just left to the side. Maybe they might cover something about Trabzonspor, Sport, you know, uh, the Black Sea teams of the East, but, you know, everything is pretty much concentrated on those big three sides. When it comes down to, like, the relationships between the clubs, I mean, very much a gold strike, they just flat out hate each other. You know, that's just the way it is. Uh, Besiktas, they have a bit um, better relations with the other two clubs, but uh, I would think that, you know, Besiktas would rather, you know, do better than their other two rivals because you know, they've had some financial issues over the years which they're uh, trying to adjust, and they're actually doing a, quite a, a decent job of it, in my opinion. So, really, to answer your question in brief, they all hate each other, but that's what makes the rivalries fun. Now, Ada, let's have a little uh, little cultural expose here inside uh, the city of Istanbul. It's great. I, I always, you know, when we talk with Argentine soccer experts, I love breaking down the, the, the cultural history of the Boca Juniors-River Plate rivalry, and that comes down to the divide between colonialism and, and European, low, lower-class European immigrants. And there's always these amazing cultural stories that are basically about teams that are separated by, by less than a mile in in many cases and how would you articulate how would you portray the cultures of these three sides of Fenerbahce, Besiktas and Galatasaray what what makes them unique uh, in in their own ways I don't think there's really anything that really makes them unique they just have fans from all walks of life I mean you got the rich who support one team the rich who support a different team and then you got the working class who support one team over another and such I mean if we're going to use like Dividers, and keep in mind this is only my personal viewpoint on this. Besiktas is, uh, I would say they're a bit more of a leftist leaning team. You know, they lean a little bit more left wing. Uh, they're not far from the Dolmabachi Palace, and uh, anybody who knows Ottoman history knows what that is. Uh, Gullitsrai, they were created by a the guys from the Gullitsrai High School, which is a pretty upscale high school. So. That's that. And then uh, Fenerbahce was created uh, by a bunch of, uh, I, I can't remember off the top of my head how Fenerbahce was created. But um, basically, there really is no divide, really. I mean, Fenerbahce was basically seen as the, the bourgeois team. And Goldstein was seen as, like, the club of the elite. But there really can't be a – you can't really apply that sort of thing like you do with Boca Juniors and River Plate. You know what I mean? It's a lot more complicated than that. Well, it's really interesting, and I think actually you talk about unique. That's what makes Istanbul soccer so unique is that all of these clubs – have rich fans and poor fans and that all of these clubs have fans from all walks of life and that is very very unique because when you when you look at at rivalries around the world it often there is that distinct divide of whether it's you know a, a class situation or a cultural background situation an immigration uh background there's there's a whole lot that that goes in to the forming of these rivalries that's actually quite fascinating that all of these teams within Istanbul have fans from all walks of life uh, around that incredible city. Now, I got to ask you, Ada, how did you become a Fenerbahce supporter? You have to blame my late uncle for that. He actually died a, um, a few weeks ago. Uh, it was sad for me. But my uncle uh, made me into a fan. He was actually a member of the club, and, well, it rubbed off on me. <laughs> and uh, 
the, the, the atmosphere of, of Fenerbahce games, I mean, the atmosphere at Turkish games in general, and, and with any of the Istanbul sides especially that we're talking so much about, it's just incredible. But I remember as a young child, I think I was like eight or nine, and someone showed me a video of a Fenerbahce pregame uh, fan routine, and, and it was just one of the most mesmerizing things that I'd ever seen. How would you describe to someone who, who has never seen or never been uh, to Istanbul or been to a Fenerbahce game, how would you describe the atmosphere uh, around around the club and at those matches? Well, as somebody who's on the outside looking in, and keep in mind, I haven't been to Turkey in a few years, but if I had to watch it on TV, I mean, it, it could get pretty crazy. Now, there is a problem with uh, you know, attendances lately due to the e-ticketing system known as Passa League, because that system, um, basically you've got to give some personal information, and people have been worried that the government is going to use it against them, you know, for like protests and things like that. So um, ticketing has been a problem in Turkey. But, you know, for the Darbies, I mean, I mean it's still selling out. I mean, I know that the first Derby under the Paso League system didn't sell out, and I think that was uh, that was sorry against Fenerbahce, if I remember correctly. But uh, at the end of the day, I mean, when you go to a Derby in Turkey or really any game, you know, the fans are the fans can get crazy at times, and you know, unfortunately, it does go a little bit overboard. And there have been some times where the Professional Football Disciplinary Committee has had to, you know find teams or make teams play behind closed doors for cursing on the pitch. And personally, that's stupid to me because, well, fans are going to curse or whatever. That, that, that's just part of the game. It's just part of fandom, you know. So to me, if you're talking about atmosphere and what it would be like, I would say prepare for a different kind of experience. Because you see England, they don't have really that much, you know, action going on in the stands, at least from the matches I've seen. I mean, really, if you want to – if you want a, like a real good footballing experience, I would say Turkey would definitely be a good destination. Well, and we'll talk a little bit more uh, in the next segment about the uh, the ugly side of the Turkish game and, and some of the things that you kind of alluded to there and, and some of the, the off-field troubles uh, with supporters in, in specifically in the Istanbul area and, uh, and in Turkish football, something that's on uh, a lot of people's minds. We, are, we have only 90 seconds uh, before we got to head to break here, so the last thing I want to ask you about, and again, we'll keep this uh, relatively brief, but... When is Turkish soccer going to be coming to U.S. TV? Because we, we see Turkish teams in the Champions League and in the Europa League, so we get to watch the Turkish sides in, in European competitions. But with, with this incredible the, the soccer TV wars going on right now, are, are we going to see a network here in America, BN, ESPN, Fox, whoever, pick up the Turkish League? Well, BN Media Group actually purchased the, uh, the satellite TV company Digiturk. And Digiturk holds the rights to broadcasting the Super League in Turkey. So I am kind of hoping that, you know, the BN group will eventually, you know, broadcast games here in the States. So that's probably going to be your best bet. 
Well, absolutely. The the international focus of BN Sports, I think, is what could uh, bring Turkish soccer to the American airways. A lot of people forget that when they throw BN out there in terms of these. Again, I, I love this term because I, I can't believe that it exists. If you told me that people would actually use the terminology soccer television wars, you know, five or ten years ago, I'd have laughed at you. It's incredible what's going on right now. And when people throw BN out there kind of in the, in the hat and, and look at BN as a possibility, People oftentimes forget that that's an international network that happens to broadcast in the United States. So they've got multiple different reasons why picking up the Turkish League would, for reasons for it to be beneficial. So more on that on the other side of this break, talking more Turkish soccer with Atta Dizdar. I'm enjoying the show. Hope you are as well. Stay with us back after this. If that's what it's all about, mama, if that's moving up, then I... Why can't I sleep? Jennifer had a stressful day, and now her mind is spinning at bedtime. I so need sleep. To fall asleep fast, millions of people turn to Unisom Sleep Gels. They're non-habit-forming and quickly help you sleep soundly so you wake recharged. (sighs) Good night. Unisom Sleep Gels. A stressful day deserves a restful night. Use as directed active ingredient diphenhydramine hydrochloride. Today, more than ever, Americans need a means to protect their life savings. With a troubled economy and government spending out of control, they've been forced to promote loose money policies, which decreases the value of the dollar and promotes inflation. Birch Gold Group can help you protect your savings by rolling over all or a portion of your IRA or 401k into an IRA backed by physical gold. Take advantage of the best gold prices in years and enjoy the long-term hedge against inflation that gold provides by moving into a gold IRA from Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA specialists. Call Birch Gold Group today for a free consultation on how a tax-free rollover to a gold IRA can offer stability, protection, and the peace of mind that your life savings, which you've worked so hard to build, is safe. Call 888-221-0010 and receive Birch Gold's free information kit, which offers the best-kept secrets for safeguarding your savings with gold. Call 888-221-0010. That's 888-221-0010. Hi, Rick Tittle here. You may know me as the Sports Talk host. I can talk about all sports, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, boxing, Olympics, rollerball. But this time I'm here to talk about pain. If you have pain in your knee or your back like I do, then you should know about the Health Alert Hotline. If Medicare is your primary insurance, then you could qualify for a back or knee brace at little or no charge. I have an old injury from my football playing days. And anything that can help take that pain away and make it more manageable, that has my attention. I love the free delivery, and they take care of the paperwork for you. So if you have Medicare and need help for back, ankle, knee, or shoulder pain, please call the Health Alert Hotline at 800-428-1570. That's 800-428-1570. Agents are standing by 24-7, so go ahead and call now, 800-428-1570. 
Want to be the next great sports announcer? Check out Rabble.tv, where you call the action. You already know more than the guys on TV. It's time to show the world what you can do by sharing your insights and opinions about the sports you love. Like football, baseball, basketball, soccer, MMA, wrestling, and more. Everything from the biggest matchups in the world to a game right in your neighborhood. Join other Rabblers who are creating a fresh new type of audio entertainment. So mute the audio coming from that network guy who never liked your team anyway, and let us hear what you think. Rabble.tv I plead the fifth because I'm the general secretary of the United States Soccer Federation. I know nothing. No, Mr. Mr. Galati, no here. No, Mr. Mr. Bladder, no here. Mr. Mr. Blazer, no here. I know nothing. I plead the fifth. Nate Abarea, back here with you on World Soccer Talk Radio, just trying out for the uh, soon-to-be open position of general secretary uh, with the U.S. Soccer Federation with Dan Flynn's performance on uh, up in up in Washington D.C. Uh, this afternoon, squirming for his dear life, the patsy, the puppet, the phony that is Dan Flynn. They all knew, rest assured. Enough about that. Time to talk about Manchester United. They just signed four players. They spent $131 million American in transfer fees. They landed Schweinsteiger, Schneiderlin, Depay, and Mateo. And now this upcoming weekend, Man you kicking off their first summer exhibition game, but it's an exhibition game with something to play for. There is a trophy in play here. It is the International Champions Cup, and they are battling Club America, who beat my beloved San Jose Earthquakes in a heartbreaker last night for the Quakes at Avaya Stadium 2-1. to one. So Club America off to a winning start in the ICC, the Guinness International Champions Cup. So to see how some of these players for Man United will be integrated into their team against Club America, I would like to invite you to join World Soccer Talk's own Juan Arango and Mac Lichtenstadter as they will be sharing their thoughts and opinions during the game live on Rabble.tv. You gotta love Rabble. With Rabble, the concept is simple. All you gotta do, tune into the broadcast on TV, press the mute button, then head on over to Rabble.tv to listen to these guys share their analysis, Juan and Matt. With Rabble, you can listen to their broadcast on your desktop, iOS app, and now through your mobile browser. Join in too. Be a part of it. Post your questions or observations in the comment section. Can Man United win the International Champions Cup for the second year in a row trying to defend their crown? Find out as they kick off their first game this Friday, July 17th at 8 p.m. Pacific time here in the U.S. of A. Cheer on the Red Devils. Cheer on Club America. Las Aguilas with Rabble.tv. Juan Go and Matt Lichtenschotter with you on Rabble this Friday, July the 17th, 8 p.m. Pacific time. Ada Dizdar is our guest in this edition of World Soccer Talk Radio, talking all about Turkish football. I've enjoyed this discussion quite a bit, and there's still a lot more to get into here in this final segment, Ada. And, and we, we talked about this briefly in, in the last segment, and you alluded to it, and we, we got to bring this up. And, and that is something that many people say has plagued uh, the Turkish game, and that is uh, fan violence. And, and call whether you want to call it hooliganism or off-field troubles, whatever label uh, you want to put on it. Well, what I want to ask you right now, and based on, on the, the pulses that you're on and the people that you talk to, what is happening right now on, in the high levels of the, the Turkish football governing bodies? What's being done right now 
to help defeat uh, the the thing that many people say plagues uh, the Turkish game. What what are the solutions that are being you know come up with right now? What what are the actual proactive approaches that are being taken to defeat this type of thing? Well, for one, we've seen that teams have had to play behind closed doors. You know, they give they're given like four tries to like you know get their fans in control, but after the fourth violation of fan misconduct, then they start getting you know stadium bans. Although this time around, they starting from last season, they tried section bans. You know, parts of the sections of the stadium uh, have been blocked off. Um, but for some strange reason, people are still getting, no, excuse me, clubs are still getting you know, penalties for fan misconduct. And there really doesn't seem to be any like certain standards for fan misconduct. You know, fans have accused, you know, the TFF, the Turkish Football Federation, are favoring some clubs over others, and that's always going to be accusations no matter what. But uh, there was the passively e-ticket system, which I had alluded to before, and while there is some, uh, there's some drawbacks to it because it seems as though that people have had to give personal information, and as I said, you know, it could be used against them by the government, the Paso League system just really had to work, and I think I had written an editorial a long time ago uh, for World Soccer Talk that it was kind of ripping the soul out of Turkish soccer because people were not showing up. Now, it's slowly getting accepted, I would say, but you know they can try and get the violence out of the game, but it, no matter how hard they try, it seems as though that everybody thinks like the TFF is pretty inept. I don't think they're that inept, but they, they can, I mean, they're, they're as bad as any other FA out there. I mean, I guess you can take a look at the people who run Major League Soccer. <laughs> we could most definitely do that. Now, now I got to ask you a, a, a tough question here, and, and this is something that I've, I brought up the comparisons to Argentine uh, soccer experts that we've had on, on this show, and this was right after all sorts of uh, fiascos regarding uh, Boca Juniors fans and, and some of their just horrific displays. And, and it's this, this terminology, inherently violent, and, and there's many people that have this view of Turkish fans as inherently violent. Is that, is that wrong of people to think that? And, and how can, can that, whether it's a stereotype or whatever we want to call it, how can that be combated and, and eventually defeated? I mean, do, do you find Turkish fans ever to be inherently violent human beings? When it comes to soccer... I would say somewhat, because it, it just seems like it's more of a matter of, like, more than a matter of life and death over there. I mean, I know that uh, you probably know about the Goldstrike-Leeds uh, United incidents, uh, I think, oh, it's 15 years ago. You know, it was year, year 2000, I believe, in the, uh, the UEFA Cup or Champions League with Leeds United, yeah. Yeah, it was UEFA Cup, yeah. So it was, you know, I mean, from that point onward, there's been a reputation of Turkey as being a pretty violent place. And, you know, it's, you know, every country has its, like, strengths and weaknesses and things like that. I mean, you know, there are places, you know, even the, in the U.S. where, you know, you really can't go and things like that. But I don't think the reputation is deserved. But, you know, as for fighting the stereotype of, you know, violent fans, well, um, Turks have had a stereotype about them as being violent for a much longer than that. 
You know, it, it would be really hard to kick that stereotype. But when it comes to fans, I mean, do they really deserve it? I would say about 75% no and 25% yes. I mean, it, it really depends. I mean, you, you do see fans, you know, getting into fights with each other and things like that. But, you know, the weird thing is the Istanbul Derbies have an away fans ban. You know, away fans cannot go to the Istanbul Big Three Derbies. And that's been in place for the last few years to avoid this sort of violence. And stuff. Has, that, has that had any positive effect? Uh, for the Derbies, yes. For the Darby's, yes, it's, a, it, it's actually like it's actually kind of alleviated some of the some of the problems, at least with the Darby's and such. But uh, you know, there was only um, I think it was only about two years ago uh, after I think it was a Fenerbahce Gold Strike Darby. I think there was a Fenerbahce fan that got stabbed to death by two Gold Strike fans, I believe. So there's all, there's always that, and. Um, uh, the away fans ban for Darby's has worked, but as for the rest of the country, well, I'm not really quite sure about that. I mean, especially when it comes to Trump's sport. You know, sometimes they can get a little bit crazy over there in the Black Sea region. Well, it's a fascinating discussion, and be sure to let us know your take uh, on Twitter. Get at me, at NateWST, and uh, get at us, at World Soccer Talk. Uh, Ada, your your Twitter handle, by the way, to, to share with the masses here on World Soccer Talk Radio? Uh, it's just uh, my name. It's Atta underscore Dizdar, A-T-A, that underscore character, D-I-D-D-A-R. Uh, you can so, just... Uh, well, let, let's talk now about your, your podcast, and, and I've listened to your podcast, and, and I, I joke not, didn't want to embarrass you or overdo it when we opened the show. It, it is my, my outlet to the Turkish game, and uh, tell us about how you got started uh, uh, with, with the Turkish soccer podcast, Turkish football weekly uh, podcast, I should say. Uh, tell us how that thing got started and, and what you really plan to do with it. It's progressed quite a bit since you started it, and talk about what the, the ultimate goal uh, with this thing is. Um, well, the podcast is actually five years old. It got started back in February of 2010. Before then, I was writing uh, about the Turkish League uh, for a website called World Soccer Talk, which is now defunct, and I had a friend of mine who had a podcast on Russian soccer. So I figured, hey, I mean, if he's doing one, I might might as well do one on Turkish soccer. So I said, okay, I need to find somebody. I need to figure out how this stuff works. So I figured out how to record conversations over Skype. I've had a few varying hosts over the years, but uh, I want to send a special shout-out to my friend Jeremy. Hey, uh, so really the one thing that I noticed was there was not any sort of – coverage about Turkish soccer in English. So I figured, hey, you know, there's some sort of market out here. Maybe some people are interested, maybe they're not. I mean, look, I I really don't care if, like, you know, ten people listen to it or, like, a thousand people listen to it. I mean, as long as somebody's listening to it, I'm pretty satisfied with it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I would like to think, I would like to think that um, we try and get everything – uh, everything you need to know about soccer in Turkey within an hour or so. So this is like this is what you need to know. So it's just more. I mean, I could do a website, but that's really just to, you know just time consuming and things like that. So a podcast, at least I can give some hours to it, put it out, 
have people listen to it. I mean, I don't get a lot of uh, interactions, and thank you for listening, by the way. But um, I, uh, I hope that maybe I can get some guests on. But here's the thing. Most of the stuff in Turkey, when it comes to the football league over there, is in Turkish. And, well, my Turkish language skills aren't exactly that great. I'd love to have interviews, you know, hopefully people can conduct interviews and, you know, send them in to me maybe, or I can conduct interviews over um, over Skype and things like that. But uh, it's kind of tough, you know. I mean, especially, you know, the language barrier is the main problem. Well, you know, uh, we, we've had guests actually recently on this show. That this brings something up uh, for me. Guests who are... Americans who have gone down to Latin America to offer English language coverage of whether it's the Mexican League or, or going all the way down, way down south to, to Argentina or even Chile and, and offering English language coverage of leagues that don't really have English language coverage. And so you're, you're starting from scratch and, and kudos and, and tip of the cap to you, Adam, because it's a very, it's a tough thing to do where you're basically doing something that hasn't really been done with Turkish football here in the States. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the podcast has had like some like gaps in its coverage. You know, there was, some, I guess, you know, there was times where I just didn't really feel like, uh, you know, covering the league. But, uh, you know, I guess sometimes when you're inspired to cover the league, and, you know, sometimes inspiration comes from various sources and things like that. Uh, you know, I just get, I just get, I just find a way to get a podcast out. And, you know, the podcast, we don't take a summer break usually. You know, it's only for like major <laughs> tournaments and such. I mean, if Turkey's playing in a major tournament and, well, we're all kind of hoping that they do qualify for 2016 in the Euros, but I don't think that's really likely. I mean, we'll cover that. I mean, we'll cover the games there. I mean, we did it for the FIFA uh, 2013 Under-20 World Cup, which was held in Turkey a couple years ago. But uh, we don't usually take breaks in Turkey. I mean, we, we just keep go on going straight through because there always seems to be some sort of transfer news going around. And kind of bring it all back full circle. You know, Robert Van Persie, we're going to talk about that this week on the pod, although really it's just more my kind of um, reservations about his salary. I mean, like I said, I mean, I got no problem with the player, but it's all about the salary. The wages, the wages can be troubling. At a 45 seconds left here with you, so real quickly, I love going down memory lane. Better Turkish national team memory, the 02 World Cup or the 2008 European Championships? I'd have to say 02. At least they got went to the semifinals. <laughs> that 08 team at the Euros, man, there was nothing yeah. like it. I don't know if there's ever going to be anything like that Turkey 08 team. The cardiac kids would be an understatement yeah. to describe oh, that yeah. Turkish team. They were wonderful. Ada, you have been wonderful. Thank you so much for your time here on the show. Hope we can do this again soon. Best of luck sure. uh, continuing the Turkish Football Weekly Podcast. And again, thank you very much for joining us, sir. Sure, no problem. Thank you. Again, that was Ada Dizdar. Check him out on Twitter and check out the Turkish Football Weekly Podcast. We are back to close this thing out on the other side of this break. It's World Soccer Talk Radio, Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 877-499-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So cancel the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 877-499-MY-TV. Right now, to sign up for packages starting as low as $24.99, and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional professional installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 24.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 877-499-MY-TV that's 877-499-MY-TV cancel the cable cut costs and get more call now 877-499-MY-TV that's 877-499-MY-TV Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California. Dedicated to your health, your life, and your sports. As a weekend warrior, you know about sports injuries and pain. Exercise is an important element in keeping your body's core in good shape to minimize sports injuries. But when you are in pain, there is one product that I recommend to my patients, and that is Blue Goo Gel. Blue Goo consists of a proprietary formula developed specifically for the treatment of inflammation and general muscle aches and strains. I recommend Blue Goo for my patients coping with hip and knee pain before surgery, especially bursitis and tendonitis. Give Blue Goo a try. Call 1-888-330-0123 and you'll receive a one-week supply of Blue Goo absolutely free. The makers of Blue Goo are even paying the shipping. The number again is 1-888-330-0123. If you want more information on Blue Goo, visit online at www.dothegoo.com. Now available at select big five stores near you. Today, investors need to secure and protect their life savings. With government spending out of control, they continue to print money to cover the ever-increasing debt, which decreases the value of the dollar and promotes inflation. American Bullion offers a hassle-free opportunity to transfer any portion of your existing IRA or previous 401k to a gold IRA for your protection. Take advantage of the lower gold prices today and enjoy the long-term security and hedge against inflation that gold and silver can provide in an IRA. Thousands of others have trusted American Bullion to transfer their IRAs into gold, and you can too. Call American Bullion today and discover the stability, protection, and peace of mind that a gold IRA can bring. Call American Bullion today at 800 576 1046 for a free consultation and receive their free IRA rollover guide, which offers the best information on gold IRAs. Keep your life savings safe and sound when you can. Call 800 576 1046. That's 800 576 1046 for your free gold IRA guide. Taking the express train home right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. Another huge thank you to Atta Dizdar talking Turkish soccer, a first here on World Soccer Talk Radio. We love spreading the love around the world, and that's what we did here on this edition of World Soccer Talk Radio. Very much enjoyed that conversation. Let us know your take at World Soccer Talk on Twitter and find me at Nate. WST and listen to the Turkish Football Weekly podcast, courtesy of our good friend Atta Dizdar. Okay, last little jab, comment, whatever you want to call it here on this Capitol Hill debacle today with the Senate talking with U.S. soccer officials and basically trying to dig a little deeper and find out, hey, what did you guys know about what Chuck Blazer was doing for all these years? What did you guys know about 
what was going on with Seth Blatter? Oh, we, we knew nothing. We swear. Ignorance is bliss. We, we knew nothing. Well, so I, I love this now. I've talked so much about Dan Flynn, the poor patsy puppet phony that is. Feels like a, a White House press secretary at its worst. He's saying that he's very, very hopeful for CONCACAF reform, for reform within our confederation. Well, you look at the track record of corruption in this confederation. I don't know how you can be so high on reform. What's really going to be different? I'm sorry I'm so cynical. I'm sorry I'm so skeptical. Nate Abarea, signing off. I try to be a realist on World Soccer Talk Radio. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Cheers.